Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Lady Sage. You already know, I'm in the building. Well, actually, I am in the building. <laughs> AKA, my Aunt Robin's house for Bible study. Hey. So, we're going to do part three. Who do you say that I am? Bible study. And we're just going to get into the word. We got some scriptures. So, we're going to get into... Uh, I'm just going to read up the scriptures. Okay. So, you guys can uh, write them down and follow along. So, our first... I'll do every other one. So, I'll read the first one. You can do the second one. Okay. So, uh, first one is Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse 15. That's Colossians 1, verse 15. Our second one is... Second one is going to be John... 10, 22 through 38. That's pretty long, yeah. but it's the word. <laughs> Our third one will be Luke 9, chapter 9. So Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 20. And then we're going to hit on Matthew 16. All right. And then we're going to head to John 8, 58. And we're going to finish it off with, nope, we're going to do one more before that, after this one. But we're going to do Isaiah 53, 7. And we're going to end it with Revelations 14, 1. Yeah. So again, um, there's your scriptures that we'll highlight on today's podcast. By the way, thank you guys for tuning in and getting with the word with us. We appreciate you. And um, yeah, here we go. Colossians 1, 15. Okay. And you want to start it I'll off? I'll start it off. Okay. And what, um... I'm reading from New King James Version. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So it says here, And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That's the... Mine says, and I have the uh, American Standard Version, it says, and he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creations. So mine says basically the same thing that yours does. Mm-hmm. I also have the Good News Bible. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that one says, Christ is the invisible likeness of the invisible God. Hmm. He is the firstborn son superior to all created things. So basically, there's no doubt it says Christ is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Our second so. scripture, John 10, chapter 10. Verse 22-38. And I'll read a couple of scriptures and then we'll kind of go back and forth with the different um, Bible translations we have. Again, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, verse 22 reads, Now it was the feast of was the... John 10? John 10? Yes, John 10, 22. Okay. 22-38. Now it was the feast of the dedications in Jew- Jerusalem. And it was written, and Jesus walked in a temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews around him, round him, and said to him, "How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly." Yeah. You have the same kind I of. Do. Okay. It says, "It says at the feast of the dedication that took place in Jerusalem, it was it was it was winter time, and Jesus was walking in the temple." In the portico of Solomon, the Jews therefore gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Mm-mm. And Jesus answered, he answered him. He always gives us an answer, right? Mm-hmm. He says, 
I told you, you do not believe. The works that I do, I do in my Father's name. These bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. Mm. Now that's deep right there. I don't know about you. But he was like, y'all don't belong to me. He said, I can tell... I can tell you until the cows come home. And you still ain't going to know it. Yeah. Because you don't belong to me. And the way that he knows that they don't know, because they don't know. Yeah. He's like, you're not even part of me, not my sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Mm -hmm. and, And I know them. And they follow me. So basically, if you're not following Jesus, how are you going to know what he's saying? Right. You know? And then it says, I give eternal life to them. And they shall never perish. And not one of them shall be snatched out of my hand. Hmm. That's deep to me. Yeah. He said, they follow me. He said, and not one of them is going to be snatched from me. Yeah. And it says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no... There's no argument in that. He's telling you he and the Father is one. Mm-hmm. And then the Jews took up stones against him. Jesus answered them and showed <clears throat> and showed you many good works in the Father for which the which of them are you stoning me, he asked. The Jews answered him, For the good works we do not stone, but you but for you blasphemy. And because you being a man make yourself out to be God. So he he didn't um he didn't wrestle the word with him. He said, "Look, me and the father are one." Right. So they were saying he was blasphemy, you know. And then Jesus answered them, "Has it not been written in your law? I said, you are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. So we can't break scripture. Right. You know, once it says something, that's what it is. It says, "Do you say of him?" Who the Father sanctified and sent unto the world, you are blaspheming, because I said I am the Son of God. If I do, if I do not do the works of the Father, do not believe me. He said I've been doing the work, so if I don't do the works, don't believe me. Don't believe me. And and a lot of times people, you know, they say they're Christians, but they don't do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it contradicts what they're doing. Yeah. So you know, a tree by its fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And then 38, which is the last scripture of this. Wait, but you it, you missed the part, though. What, uh, did, did I? Yeah. Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is 38. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, 38 says, but if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that I, <clears throat> that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. basically, that's what he's saying. Jesus was a bold, like oh my god, he, he was, was so bold. He was so bold and um you know what better way to be when you know who you are. Right. You know. So Luke 9, 18 and 20. Luke 9, 18 and 20 reads. So Peter um and it happened as he was all alone praying that his disciples joined him, and he asked them. Who do the crowd say that I am? There he goes with that question <laughs> again. Yeah. 
And so they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some said Elijah. And the other said that the one of the old prophets that had risen again. And he said to him, them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. Wow. That was deep right there. Because how mm-hmm. would he know that? How would he know that? Unless Spiritual revelation. Yeah. You know? Unless the Holy Spirit led him to know that. And especially, uh, like, Peter was always, like, connected with Jesus. He always, like, if Jesus was going to go do something personal, he almost always called Peter. And wow. so, like, yeah, Peter. So I, Peter had a close relationship with Peter with, had a very close Jesus, and that's what he wants us to have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Matthew sixteen, right? All right. Sixteen. I'm guessing it's the whole chapter. <clears throat> and this is buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> okay, it says, and the Pharisees. Because they're not fair, you see. <laughs> and the Sadducees came up and testing him. Here we go again with these people that, you know, wishy-washy. And asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today. For the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but do not discern the signs of the times? <laughs> he said, y'all so smart, but you can't. Right. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, one thing about the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were like pastors and priests. Yeah. And so they, they're the ones that should be like the really ones. in the scroll, or the, in the Bible. They should know like, yes. you know, Christ coming. They were in the church. Right. Right. Right, but they wasn't in the word. <laughs> and basically, he's saying like, you don't even know because like, you're so used to tradition. Yeah, like you don't even see the truth when it's in front of you. No, and it's like you're so into tradition and going to church that you don't know the word, which is Jesus. You not you're not spending no time with him. Right. That's why you can't see. Well, you know that's 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 how religion is. You know, I was looking at. I think it was uh, it was Facebook, and they had a um, they had a news article on this pastor who was trying to beat Jesus in his forty day fast, and he was on day thirty and he died. Like, like, and everybody was saying one thing that I read about the pastor is like, oh, he was a nice guy. He's really spiritual, really da da da. And then the one guy just like hit it right on now. He was super religious and he liked to do the things of the religion, and like. Jesus was Jesus for a reason. If it was easy for him, for us to do a 40-day fast, he would require for us to do a 40-day fast. Right. But his his assignment was different. Yeah. And, you know? And so we got to understand, like, the assignment of Jesus. Um, yes, he, he he's painted a, a path for us to go down, but the assignment of Jesus is totally different from mm-hmm. our own assignment that God has us. And we need to be in tune with what God has for us, you know, in our assignment. Right. And what do we- what a way to just mock God. Yeah. So, you want me to finish reading some of it? Yeah, yeah, sure. It says, and I like this one. This is verse 4. It says, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. How many people are into, oh, they go to church and they say, oh, I just want to hear a word. I want a word. You know, and then there's... Prophesy. Yes, like, you 
you want people to prophesy over you and they're always running to um those um what do you call them um prophetic conferences or conferences and stuff like that it's like you need to sit down and get in god's face yeah you know stop trying to look for a sign yeah you know the the sign is sit down and get in Jesus' face. That's fine. Yeah. And, you know, if Jesus or if God got something to say to you, you know, Jesus got something to say to you. Holy Spirit got something to say to you. Like he's gonna say it. He, you know, he could say it to you at home. My dad always says, like, whenever you, when a preacher prophesies right. over you, that should be confirmation. It should. What they're saying to you shouldn't be like something woo, fresh out the box. God should have already revealed that to you. And the pastor saying that is just confirmation that he's, yes. you know. And I have a friend that, she, you know, she's always going to conferences. You know, love her dearly. But she's always going through. And it's like, won't you just sit down for a minute? Yeah. Because, you know? like, we can take the word. We can hear the word. We can see the word. We can take it. But seeing and hearing and taking the word, word is different than becoming doer of the word. And unfortunately, we don't realize that it takes time for us to step back from our normal routine to actually do the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this, and to finish this verse out, it says, yeah, go for it. It says, and a sign will not be given it. Yeah. It says, except the sign of Jonah. And he left them and he went away. It says, <laughs> and the disciples came to the other side and had forgotten to take bread. You know? Mm-hmm. You can be so excited to see someone. You can forget, you know, your lunch and all kind of stuff. But you want to see Jesus. Yeah. And and God is so awesome that he just provides everything for us. Yeah. You know? And it says, and Jesus said to them, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began to discuss among themselves, saying, it is because we took no bread. <laughs> but Jesus, aware of this, said, you men a little faith. Why do you discuss among yourselves? Because you do not have no bread. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves and the five thousand? And how many baskets you took up? Or the seven loaves and four thousand? And how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand? And that I did not and and that I did not speak to you concerning bread. But beware of the leaven of the of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The teachings, that's, that's powerful. You know, that's powerful. Like, they, oh, you just there's, just be, so, there's just so much to that little passage. You just have to be careful of who you're sitting under, too, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, okay, I'll start. Okay. Then they, um, verse 12, then they understood that, oh, sorry, you already read that part. 13. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the regions of Syracella, Philippi, he asked <laughs> his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Here we go. The Son of God. The Son of Man, sorry. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others. Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonas, 
For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the, of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. Wow. That, that, oh my God, that was so powerful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was awesome because I, I thought about, I said, well, Lord, why did you tell them not to say anything? And, and what dropped in my spirit is that he's saying, don't give them any ideals. Let them figure it out because the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to them. If they're sincere and they really want to know who I am, mm. they're going to know. Yeah. Mm. That's what dropped in my spirit. That's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open to yes. you. Yes. And like, he was like, I don't want you telling them nothing. Don't tell them nothing. Yeah. Let them figure it out for themselves. Hmm. From <clears throat> verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. (laughs) Um, But he turned and said to Peter, see, I'm going to stop right there because I can kind of see myself being Peter at that moment, being like, Satan, the Lord rebuke you, you know, or it's, you know, one thing that used to bother me is that when things would happen wrong in the church, like even if the church people did it, they would always blame it on the devil, devil. you know, and it's like, well, I don't think it was really devil. I think it was you or, you know, <laughs> but so it's just like, um, so Peter sees, and I think we all can honestly say when we see pain. Yeah. something coming struggles yeah. we automatically assume that it's you know part of the devil but you know jesus requires i think cd jake was talking about the pressing yeah for the oil yeah you know and um the pressing part has to happen so that we can be refined does it feel good no does it seem like the devil yes you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but that pressing has to happen and i think that's why Jesus rebuked him is because Peter was rebuking Jesus for saying those things about his death. But Jesus knew that he had to go through the pressing. Yeah. You know? And that he was doing something great. Right. It had to happen so that everybody could, you know, get saved and the Holy Spirit would come. You know, mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of stuff. So it was a great he had to die. Yeah, that's his pressing. You know, a lot of, when we go through our pressing, sometimes it's maybe a week or two or a month or two or a year or two, you know, and it feels like craziness, but Jesus had to die for his pressing. And it's kind of funny, you know, like even when people are getting like, are sick with cancer and stuff like that, and it's a loved one and you never want them to go, you know, but they have to go because they're suffering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't want them to see them suffering. And yeah, that's not God's plan. Right. You know, and it Um, might not be their desire or their plan either. Right. And God honors their will too. So. Yep. And so, but he turned and said to Peter, I'm on verse 23. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. 
for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Wow. I hope that's our generation. Right. You know. It's like I always you know, I always imagine Jesus to see like generations beyond generations, you know, like to the end because like especially a comment like that, there there are some of you. Yeah. You know, meaning their descendants. Like he knew like their descendants, you know. And even when he was on the cross, what did he say? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And it's like Yeah. Speaks to to us today. It's very prevalent prevalent. I guess I was relevant. That's the word. <laughs> it's very relevant to us today. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go on um, to Luke 9, 18 through 20. And I'm going to read out of the American Standard. And it says... Well, we did that one. We did that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We're on so, John 9, 8. John... John 8, 58. Oh, I'm looking at something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, John... It's a real Bible study. You can hear the pages turning everything. <laughs> Man, my poor little Bible is just like falling apart. You said John 858. 858. Okay. All right, 858. And this is American Standard. And it says, Jesus said unto them, Truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Hmm. So what does that tell you right there? He's saying he was here before Abraham. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's hard for people to understand that are in like other religions that don't believe that Jesus is God. How Jesus is gonna be God and Jesus at the same time? You know? Yeah. But God is God. He can do whatever he wants to do. Right. You know, we can't figure him out. He said his ways are deeper than our ways and you know? Mm-hmm. So this right here saying, he's saying, truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And, um, I am. So that just throws everything out the box right there. I'm going to read up a couple more. Um, if you go to 56, you want to read 56 and okay, then push it down? 56. It says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore say... To him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Hello, mm-hmm. before Abraham, I am. Mm-hmm. 
So, what does that tell you? Crickets. <laughs> it's really quiet. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just like the part where he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he did see it. And he saw it. Wow. And he saw it. That's and was glad. He said he was he glad. He rejoiced to see his day. He said he rejoiced and he was glad. Yeah. That's deep. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I just got this revelation. Okay. So, basically, he is saying, you got to rejoice now before you even see it. Because you might not see it. It might take generations to see it. But you got to rejoice because it, your rejoice pushes it and bursts it through. So he was saying Abraham wanted to see his day, and he did see it, and he rejoiced. So the visions are desire, you know, visions are very important. Yeah, and oh rejoice over your vision, you know. Who that's deep. He said before Abraham, I am. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, let's go on to uh, Isaiah fifty-three. You got it? Mm, I do have it in my um, American Standard, but I want to see what the Good News Bible says about, about this. So we're going to start at 53. What? Let's just start at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then I'll read down to 7. Okay. And it says... <clears throat> And I'm going to read out of the American Standard first. The American Standard says, Who has believed our message? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a parched ground. And he has no stately form or majesty that you should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. So, I guess it's saying that he wasn't nothing to really boast about. Hmm. And then it says, He was despised, forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And like one whom men hid their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken smitten of God, afflicted, but he has pierced through Hmm. for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our well-being fell upon him, and by his stripes were healed. I don't know about you, Hmm. but that's deep to me right here. Yeah, yeah. I could stop right there and just, you know, get up and shout. Give a shout. (laughs) (laughs) It says, all of us, Mm -hmm. like sheep, have gone astray. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. It says, each of us have turned to his own way, yep. but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. Mm. I, I'm just... What a generous, gracious God. This is just... I, I just want to keep reading. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He, he didn't say nothing. It says, like a lamb that was led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before the shears so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment 
he was taken away. Mm -hmm. And as for generations who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living Mm -hmm. for the transgression of my people to whom the the stroke was done. His grave was assigned to be with wicked men, yet with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. I'm just, I, I just, I, I just got to read the whole thing because it, it's just too much. This is deep. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, put him to grief. He would render himself as a guilt offering. And he will see him, see his offspring, and he will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of his Lord will prosper in his land. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see and it will be satisfied by his knowledge and righteous ones. My servant will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Hmm. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide the booty with the strong. Because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and the interceded for the transgressors. I don't know about you, but I mean, that whole scripture, that whole chapter right there. And it was only, it was only supposed to read seven, but the whole scripture just, it's just powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, shows this the, is talking about, they're his, talking about his life, his, his death. Yeah, you know. He did all of that, you know, being um, the saint that he is, you know. And, and and this here good news, the good news on verse 7, it says he was treated harshly, mm. but endured humbly. He never said a word. Mm. Who could do that? That is. Who could do that? But God. Mm. Only God. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. That is powerful. So now that you've heard that, who do you say he is? I mean, that's crazy. All right, we got He's a man who's been brutally beaten, scarred. Yes. And I was watching... Sat with the wicked. I was watching a movie called um, Kingdom, something Kingdom anyway. The guy was in there whipping himself. I guess he was trying to, you know, pay penance for the sin he committed because he was in... The Knights Templar or something mm-hmm. like that, and he had, you know, committed adultery with a, with a married woman, and he was trying to get back to be a Templar. So he started whipping himself. I guess he was trying to whip himself like Jesus, but you could never endure the pain that Jesus never. has done, you know, as went through. Never. Okay, our last one. Revelation. Revelation. Fourteen. You know, Revelation is deep. Revelation is deep. And it says anybody who reads this is going like, to be extremely blessed. blessed. So even those who hear it. So we're reading it. We're going to be blessed. You're hearing it. You're going to be blessed. Yes. So here we go. Revelation 14. Okay, let me see if I can pull that one up. And I don't know how long I want to read on this one. You might read a little bit more. I don't know. Okay. And then I look. And behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard the voice from heaven 
like a voice of many waters. Wow. And like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of the harpists playing their harps. They sang as if it were a new song before the throne. Right? Before the four living creatures, the elders, and no one could lean, learn that song except the hundred and forty-four thousand who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men being first fruit of God and the lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mine says on the good news, it says, Then I looked, and there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion. With him were 144,000 people who have his name on his father's and his and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven. And it sounded like roaring waterfall, like a loud peal of thunder. It sounded like the music made by musicians, like the music of playing of their hearts. And 140,000 people stood before the throne. And there were living creatures and elders. And they were singing a new song, which only could be learned of the whole human race. And the only ones who have been redeemed. They are the men who have kept themselves pure by not having sexual relationships with women. They are virgins. They follow the lamb wherever he goes and have been redeemed from the rest of the human race and are the first ones to to be offered to God and to the lamb. They have never been known to tell lies and they are false. That's deep. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is lamb. So not only is he the son of God, I mean, he has many names, many forms. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's the father, he's the son, he's the, the I am, the I am. He is the lamb of God. He's the great I am, the prince of peace, mm-hmm. the Lord of hosts, the Yahweh, the Adonai, the Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, the shield, the buckler, the I mean, you can just go on. Mm-hmm. He's our husbands, our fathers, our mothers, our brothers. Best friends. He is the great I am. And he is God. So, I don't know about you, but he is just like everything to me. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that he is a loving father and he cares about me. Mm-hmm. He's my source. He's a way maker. You know, anything that you're going through, Jesus is going to help you. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a relationship with him. You know? 
Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know what? I need to get myself right and, you know, get connected to to God. And it's just as simple as picking up the Bible, reading a few scriptures, and gaining an understanding. But moreover than that, it's, it's, a, it's a heart. Heart condition. Heart. You know, heart condition, heart adjustment. Um, God is not like man. Man looks at the outward, mm-hmm. you know. But God, He goes as deep as your heart. How do you know if your heart is even right? The easiest way is what comes out of your mouth. Because um, out of your mouth comes it. It's coming from your heart. Yeah. So the things you say. So are you saying the things of God? Or are you saying the things of the devil? And I mean, you know, even, you know, even if you go into church and, you know, you say you're saved and stuff like that, you still have to have that personal relationship with him. Because look at yeah. Peter, you know, he rebuked Peter in the things of God. And so we have to constantly ask God to check our motives and, and our thoughts and our actions and, you know, just constantly have that relationship with him on a daily basis. Right. You know, right. Well, guys, that's all we got for you today. Yeah. Hope we were able to hang tight on this Bible study. It's been amazing. This is week three. Yeah. It's been amazing um, just being able to read the Word of God. We're going to keep doing it. Um, and, uh, again, check out the first Bible study, Who Do They Say I Am, part one, part two. This is part three. Yes. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. See you next week. God bless. God bless.